guys, and welcome to Not Our Ancestors podcast. For those of you who are new and returning, this is a weekly podcast dedicating to discussing all things black, including politics, culture, and relationships, and we uh, what we like to call our most, most valuable, valuable blacks. So we are your hosts. I am Wes. That is Joy, and that is the wonderful Tay back there. How's What's going everyone doing? On, Hi, guys. What's up? Thanks for Long time me no in. talk. Mm-hmm. Miss y'all. It has been a minute. So, I, uh, Wes, I am so happy to see your face. Tay, I'm so happy to see your face. I, know. I missed Miss your you guys' guys. faces. Um, we're about to get into like this is going to be a really fun episode. I think. Yeah, our, I, I, I think it is. I think our <laughs> sidebar behind the scenes. Um, we got some really fun stuff to talk about. So, Wes, you want to lead us off? Let's talk about some like funny <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like, let's talk funny about some stuff? mess. Because oh, we may or may not care about. You know, we may or may not care about Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But before we talk about mess, let me check in with you guys. Like, Wes, how are you feeling? How was your week? Oh, well, my week is, is a little hectic this week only because, like, I've been going in early to get a little uh, extra overtime in and I'm packing to get to, you know, move into my own place. So, right. you know... That is that. And then, you know, having to turn back around and realize that, you you know, your boy got a birthday coming up next week. So, <laughs> about to be as old as Dante. 40. So, you know, no, 30, 38. Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, dude, I was super pumped to get the um, open table invite because I'm trying to be more sophisticated with how I, like, maneuver appointments and in, in the in the such girl and look they give they give I they give this girl a secretary look how she at i know bitch, right give a bitch brand a little new. secretary a bitch gets brand new fucking brand what? new um but yes i'm so west your birthday coming up boo I know, right? Okay. It's, it's in tour. You're, we're in full on tour season right now, so y'all just gonna have to just deal with it. So, I, don't we? We got to. Make no choice. Hey, what's going on with you, boo? Man, child, it's been busy. Um, a lot going on. Selling my house, building a new one. Mm. Oh, selling a house, building school. a new one. Jesus. Right. We're just going to um, casually gloss I got over I didn't say this to lessons. y'all earlier. Didn't say this to y'all earlier. I got a new car. I got rid of the BMW. Wait a minute. Um, Wait a minute, Wes. I agree. Been... Hold on. We got to put a whole pause on it, first of all. <laughs> yeah, like, how you just going to slide that by? Right. Hi, Chris. Oh, so this is Oh, hey, Chris. Car. Hey, Chris Cross. Um, I just wanted my Jeep back. Okay. So I've had one built. Wait, right. wait, wait. I know wait. that's right. You want to do a soft flex? That's how you do wait a, a soft flex. <laughs> wait a minute. That is so, how you do a soft flex. I cannot so this, be more proud of you the way that you delivered that. Wes, so this homie, well, well, thank you. <laughs> so this homie went from, went from, oh, I, I, oh, are we selling the house? We building the house? And I just right. said, you know what? I'm just going to slide my luxury vehicle back and say, you know what? I want my old, my, my type of style vehicle back. So I'm going to get that one built too. Listen. You just gave us I mean, everything that, first of all, needed to have been given for somebody to flex. When I grow you up. said not if, only, if, if, wait a minute, he said I'm booked and busy, and I'm going to tell you why the flex was like hardcore from the yes. from the jump. He said I'm booked and busy. How's y'all week? I'm booked and busy. <laughs> right. I'm showing he got how money. everybody wants it. Then he said, okay, after oh. I'm booked and busy. Then you probably get the large popcorn so at the movie theater with the, with the details of me building my extra house. Right, is what he said. 
Dante, look, I'm, I just, I, I just wanted what I wanted, and you can't get that if you just go to the lot. You got to go and tell them, like, look, put this, this, and that in there. And- <laughs> Sorry, I did, I didn't meet it. I didn't make it to the end of it, and then I'm so inconvenienced by the luxury of building my own house. I want a new car, and y'all not gonna give me what y'all sell on the lot. You're These gonna, gonna make work. something from scratch. Get your plan out. Get your best engineers and everybody uh-huh. get the Cairo. Tell them, Joy. That's right. Because <laughs> it's like, this is, uh, no, no, you're missing this. Oh, that one's missing that. No, not doing it. Not not doing this with y'all. Just let's go sit down and let me just tell you right. what to put in it. We're, I have so one question. Dante, did you go uh-huh. into the meeting when they had the protractors out and like the exacto knives oh, no, 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 and they're no, no, molding no. the clay of your new <laughs> fucking car? That that was an option. I, I passed on that. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> wow. Wow. Goals. I love it. Goals. Right. That's a flex. That's a flex. Okay. I have one yeah, question. So. How, did you have was it did you had to get it built because you know now the thing is you have to wait for cars to be delivered so you figure well I'm going to put all the specs that I want and they No, 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 Wes. The, the specifications of what he requested doesn't fit into Required his to be customized built. Right. garage that he got Jesus built. Right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I went to the lot intending on just to trade my current car out and get a new one. As I was test driving vehicles None of them had everything that I wanted. And I was like, okay, so this ain't going to work. And then I was like, I'm just going to leave and I'll keep my car. It's fine. You know, my car is nice already. And then the dude was like, well, sir, you could just build your own. And I said, I could do what? Right. Let's go talk about it. Oh, my God. That's what I did. I can't wait. He said. I can't wait for us to politic because honestly, Tay, what you're talking about in terms of like our expectations. Now, I'm not talking about specifically millennials, but just in general, um, expectations Money. versus our um, worth and like the things that we expect. There's a huge disparity Facts. in that and I hate that for us because Facts. when we see opportunities and when we see that type of thing blossom, we are super excited. You know what I'm saying? Like we lift each True. other up. We're like, yo, celebrate that. Um, yeah, I mean we basically celebrate and uh, I want to see what uh, the type of car that I have imagined looks like on my heated driveway in my new home that I'm getting <laughs> what? built. So you always count on what? That's that was the that was the the <laughs> illusion. That was the focus there. You know, okay. How was it gonna look when everybody else had to be breaking their back shoveling driveway? But here's my baby sitting up here sitting pretty. You just click. <laughs> I mean, click that switch. Quite honestly, there's so many dynamics to it. Okay, so I'm a, I'm going to be a little bit goofy. Um, I have a goofy digestive. Well, I'm not gonna say it's goofy. Um, I'm going to say it's it's kind of hilarious just to le- lighten it up a little bit. Um, did you guys see Ti? Uh, and uh. first of all, he always he does not fail to put his foot in his mouth, which I enjoy. I love watching Ti make an ass of himself. Like it's one of like the things that I'm proud of. Um, so which one doesn't fail to get on my nerves? <laughs> yeah, which one are we discussing? Because he's done so much in the okay, past couple weeks. So of the nonsense that he has recently done, um, he went on a comedy tour. Okay, so uh, no. now he wants to be a comedian. He's already decided to be an, a great orator, which we've all decided nope. is quite <laughs> is nonsense. Because he's he his own thesaurus. I was thank you, Wes. I was about to say, what is wrong? Because there's nothing wrong with you being like, you know what? I'm just going to be the voice of the hip hop generation. I'm just going to need you to pronounce things correctly, right? right. Like 
So if you want that. to be the way that, yeah, but like I need you to lean into like more dedication and like being authentic with it. Take trash. Like he, he's trash. I know. I was watching your face. What you? I mean, is he trash to you? Whenever CI uh, stuff comes look, across your screen, like what do you think instantly? So for me, I, I so I didn't hear. I heard about his comedy uh, routine, and I heard how garbage it was, mm-hmm. and how he was being booed, and it made sense to me. That all made sense. <laughs> of course it did. Seriously, it did. It was like, okay, that makes sense. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't tell him, I wouldn't call him, like, the the voice of our hip-hop generation. No, sir. No, sir. You have a couple albums that I really appreciate. They they were back in, like, 07, 08. Yeah, we definitely the archives. That's all I can give you. Anything after 2012 and T.I., I just, no. It's a no for me. Okay. Because the whole shit with his daughter a few years back. Oh, God, I forgot about that. I've canceled him a long time ago. Okay. So it's here, a no for here's me. the thing. I agree with you wholeheartedly for sure. Like I have been over TI from the first time he like did not pronounce something accurately <laughs> on national television. I was like, TI, like I can't. Cause first of all, that's that says number one, you don't have good people in your corner. <laughs> Cause Money. somebody should have briefed. Did you, you think TI had good people in his corner? Like, dude, somebody should, all, <laughs> or at the very least, right? Teeny, like, at the very teeny, least, is that who's Wikipedia, in this corner? <laughs> at the very least, hit Wikipedia one time, like, hear it pronounced, right? So I was already, like, not amused with T.I.'s intellectual abilities at all. But why I'm bringing this up to you guys, and this is this is why I'm saying this is D.U.I.C. Did y'all care about this? Because T.I.'s son, um, Damani. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't even know what he what did his son do. Okay, so listen, I'm gonna I'll give listen. you a chance. I'm gonna give you a chance to go ahead and like, you know, uh, amend that response. Okay. Ti's son, uh, uh, Damani, has always been corny, right? I don't know if oh, any, God, here we go. I don't know if anybody has followed him on like their show. They had multiple shows, like, and then every time Ti and Tiny had some sex shit that kind of got blown up. Everything got canceled. So intermittently, these this couple has had multiple shows over the span of I want to say like fifteen to twenty years. Okay, and I've watched one of his sons, um, who is not with Tiny, uh, because I'm not even gonna say why because because here it was about to be some shade. Um, but one of his sons who is not with Tiny is super analytical. Okay, uh, always kind of produced like poetry, kind of like free thought handwriting kind of like spoken word type shit and now he's being recognized on like the underground scene as like somebody to kind of look for and so I was like you know what let me do my due diligence let me look into it and I've listened to a lot of stuff and people are comparing him to J. Cole and obviously I'm a J. Cole fan from the Rooter to the Tudor um oh. And I will say, like a lot of his, um, a, a lot of his work is very reminiscent of J. Cole to me, and I'm like kind of really with it. So, uh, I think it's a double sided question, guys. First of all, how ironic is it that Ti, the king of saying everything ignorantly, produced <laughs> a lyrical genius? And like, have you guys listened at all? Like, to I'm this just gonna word? keep it. I'm just going to keep it very real with you now. I, not only have I heard about him and I knew he was always like into, like you said, 
poetry and things of that nature. I mean, I, I for one, let me just say this. I think it is great when kids kind of look at what their parents have done and look in, and try to step into their footsteps. I've always wished that I had picked up the guitar. I never did. But, you know, I think it's good. And, and I heard that the youngest baby is actually really good at singing. Too. So I'm not shocked. Will I be paying attention to go click on Spotify to listen to something? Never. No, it's just not going to be for me. <laughs> at this point, nope. at okay. this point, I am literally just like listening to what comes across to me at, at one given time that I decide to click play on my phone and people that I know who are dropping new music or that I ask a friend about. And Unless he ends up on some ratchet... Juicy J or City no, Girls track sure or on some R&B singers, I, I probably won't listen. But you know what? Kudos to that brother for, you know, figuring out something. And kudos to, like, kids being able to, like, be able to do and be who they are today, you know? And you Back know, in I'm the day, so happy that you said that, Wes, for sure. Because, like, leaning into that point, literally, you have th- this entire generation who's kind of conflicted about, like, how they want to identify, right? Like... Are you supposed to be wretched? Are you supposed to be a thug? Are you, or, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. And you have a lot of times when you see these children of celebrities, especially if their parent was like a quote unquote thug, they had this mentality, they feel obligated to live up to those expectations, which right. is totally foolish because meanwhile, it, yeah. their parents are like sending them to <laughs> private schools. Yeah. And they are okay. coming home, you okay, know what Joy. I mean, talking to the parents. Tay, what do you think? Same. I, I was just, exactly what you just said. It's like, there's no way you can live up to your parents' like thug life because you've you always know. had money. You came from money. They had money when you were, well, not when all of them were born, but pretty much had, you, you come from money. You live that like middle class, rich lifestyle like there's no way you can live up to that you don't have those experiences like it's impossible but like Wes said as well um no thank you I'm not going to be going on Spotify or Apple Music to download anything now look if it it comes up on Sirius XM or you know Whammo when I'm riding in my car then I'll give it a listen if I like it I may download at that point but I'm not. I'm not searching for it. No offense. I, I appreciate the young man going out and doing his own thing. Yeah. But I, I'm. It's not for me right now. It ain't for me. It's a different age group. It, it's just not. Correct. Me. Yeah. That's it. That's it right there. I right. mean, Wes is about to be forty. You know. Well, I mean, you're right, already there. Wes, so what's good? Are. I mean, <laughs> you, if I'm about to be, you already there. So I mean, you know how it is. Uh, Tay, mm. you got a you got another funny one. Give me a funny one. So, it's not necessarily funny, but it's interesting to me. Um, So, I just want to run this by y'all. So, Latoya Luckett, formerly of DC4, Destiny's Child 4, when it was 4 of them. um, She just recently did an interview for on on a podcast in regards to, like, motherhood, because she now has two babies. Um, And she basically just touched on, like, the effects of being... Evicted from Destiny's Child back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and she basically said that like lost herself in the group, like she did. She changed herself a lot, even though they all were young. She she did a lot of things to conform to the group to fit whatever like role they wanted her to play. She was like, I was just like the soprano, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like I really didn't get to voice anything else, um, and 
you know, I lost myself. So when I left the group, you know, one, I didn't even know I could sing other, you know, octaves because I was always told to do this. And, you know, I kind of didn't like have any confidence when I left. So it took me time to rebuild all of that and to like kick off my career. And honestly, I, despite her being removed from the group, like I've always liked Latoya. Like when she was part of the group. Me too. You know, she left and she was kind of not in the scene anymore. And then boom, 2006 hit, Torn comes out. And I'm like, right. oh, I know her. And like, she is a phenomenal actress. You know, like, yes. I, I, you know, I don't play when it comes to Beyonce, but like mm-hmm. one thing Latoya Lucky got on Beyonce is that girl can act. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stop there. Oh God, please. So, that is so oh. I just want to know, like, what y'all think about her comments. Like, you know, Destiny Shout was this huge, and is still, despite them not being together, this huge, you know, women empowerment, huge group. And now this girl is saying, like, I lost myself in this group, and I was, like, broken after being removed from it. Um, Wes, do you want to start? I have some thoughts on this. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I'll go ahead and start as, a, as you know, a huge Destiny Shout fan. So, um... Yeah, I I think that a lot of times that we tend to forget how the music business how the music business operates. Um, when you go into I want to be a pop star slash singer, and you know how you get there, it tends to uh, lead to what the focal point is is to make money. So Correct. she came in a group. The group was supposed to make money. You have a role, just like a basketball team. Everybody has a role. You have your point guard, you have your forward, you have your center. You have all these positions you're supposed to play. You're supposed oh, to love. sports reference. You, the, hey, come on, all you know. ESPN <laughs> called me, baby. So you know, uh, she she knew her role. She's supposed to be the soprano. You know, she did, you know she's singing high. The other one's singing low. She she got lucky that she still had a career. I, I mean, it, it's true it because there's it is, other ones. It is. Mm. It's a very tough world, and you have to remember they were signed to Columbia. You know, who I you sold su- forty million on say my name. Right, you you know you <laughs> stop. You, you you know who used to run Columbia, Tommy Matola. So you know when you signed these yep. record deals and you were in Destiny Child, we all heard about how that money got deviate, uh, divided up between people. So when right. they decide they want a new manager, which I don't know how that's going to work. Like when you have a manager. You don't. You have to pay for the legal team. That was just like, well, legally we could just replace you because that's what you are. You're replaceable. So Correct. I remember her saying that she was living out her car when she was recording that whole first album of hers. Yeah. So True. she was she was banking on hopefully this was gonna work. And you know, to this day, I remember her saying that she's like everyone's just like you know she's the ex Destiny Child member and she's like I don't ever have any qualms about that baby. I love that because if that's how you remember who I am, that's how you can always start a sentence with who I am and what my career was. So I just give her credit for pushing forward in this entertainment Same. industry and being able to find an outlet to express herself, be herself, and find art to do so. So Same. I mean. It, everyone doesn't make it. Normani has been repeating the same stuff recently in her interviews about being in a girl group as well. Like, you mm-hmm. are one role. You are one person. They don't give a fuck about your feelings. They don't give a fuck about what kind of situation comes your way. You play the game. You get to the goal. You win a championship, and you start over. Correct. What you think, Joy? Ooh, well. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I agree with both of you guys, I think that, um, I think that the, the idea of musicians getting lost in, um, the ability to kind of like 
produce and have say in how they're perceived by the public is like a thing. So Latoya being like, I was lost in like who I was as a member of Destiny's Child. Well, like quite honestly, of course you would be because we only need you to function in this capacity so that we can have this money train kind of moving forward. Um, And I think there's also something to be said about that feeling that she described as being like lucky to have been accomplished. And this is something that we will touch on a little bit more in politicking today. But the idea that we always, uh, no matter the skill set that we have, we always, and I say we to mean women, because I'm speaking from her vantage point, um, intrinsically kind of devalue ourselves and don't recognize what our worth is right so that's a whole nother dynamic to her trying to right because imagine being young um she was in a position uh right she was a basically a minor there's like we always have conversations about all of the stuff that we didn't know about debt about Uh, credit card use about whatever all of the mistakes that Wes and I you know we did it real heavy oh by the way I got another settlement coming so we could talk about that I know that's right we'll talk (laughs) about there but in general the financial um, the financial complications that come with being a young person and that's being a young person with no money with a young person trying to navigate like college expenses so she was a young person and that was her college she right no who essentially didn't have the opportunity to go through college she was literally indoctrinated into financial literacy through business decisions that she had virtually no impact on and i would argue had no insight on right <laughs> like so she At doesn't all. even know what she's singing you think she knows what she's signing absolutely right. not agree that's a good it's point such a complex issue um you know what I mean? Like, I have a lot to talk about on that subject, per se. But, yeah, I definitely care about but, it. I'm here for her. I'm here for her, to, like, choosing to voice this, right? Because yeah. it's only through knowledge that we can make better choices collectively. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I'm definitely here for it. So, what, I, what I'll say to just the, to finish this topic up real quick and then let Wes throw us uh, a dig here. Um, I'll say also, just from a different perspective, you, you brought it up, Joy. Like, they all were young. You know what I mean? And I feel like the fact that this girl felt like, well, woman now, but I'm thinking when she was in the group, this girl felt lost and basically unseen. That is also an issue, in my opinion, with management as well. Because, like, again, like, when you're the manager of a group or a person or whatever, you should be also trying to take care of that person as well. Even if it's one person or multiple people in the group. And I know your job is to get keep them booked and busy and like, yep. you know, keep the money flowing. But also, I feel like it's important to develop specifically young women, specific, more specifically young black women to make sure that they're taken care of and respected and they learn the game because it, it 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 shows the contrast. Chloe, Chloe Bailey is a very perfect. Mm-hmm. Like they, her and her sister were very young when they came into the game. See, they got a different type of mentor. They, they were, were monitored. And they now, were mediated. Exactly. They and had, now look at where Chloe is, and look where Chloe and Haley are yeah. in their careers. They know how to manage their shit. They are secure in themselves, in their bodies, in their sexuality, and all of that at a you know a 23, 22 year old age where 
Latoya was lost. I love how <laughs> all it. of this. Tay, I swear to I swear to you. Like, I, would, I, I think Diddy should take some notes in. from that. I swear how all I love how all of this ties in because when we're getting we're going to get into it later we're politicking and talking about millennials and like the way that they're able to build and develop wealth right it all ties back into like double parent homes versus single parent homes and like all of those complexities and so you look at somebody like Latoya because let's be honest right that Destiny's Child like group was formed outside of Beyonce of you know what I mean like people like children who were in situations who you know profited and they were in a better position by taking this opportunity right so it puts them in a compromising position because essentially they have as these young women the opportunity to secure some type of financial security for their family but they also don't have the wherewithal to navigate that versus you know what I mean? Individuals like Chloe and Haley who have educated parents from a stable background who are able to then navigate that those uh, financial decisions for them so they're not taken advantage of. Like, it's well, so I will, crazy. I will right? debate that with just this one statement because I agree with your saying, but here's the thing. Beyonce's parents were educated. And Matthew Knowles was super educated. And he, he took care he of Beyonce. Cho- and he That's chose what I'm to take saying. Care. But yeah, that, wait a minute. But, but what West, I'm saying the whole thing is, no, is I'm like saying, he took what care I'm saying of is he chose, he chose to take care of one black child in that group and left exactly. the others to just to the, to the wayside. Exactly. Not to, say, not to say that he didn't give or make and create opportunities when they had to fight later on. Right. But it's just like Beyonce, you could tell that Beyonce has instilled when she decided to take on somebody under her wing that yep. she was going to operate differently. And That's like you said, and I think her and I think Chloe and Halle's parents as well also were like smart enough or with all enough to be like, we want to make sure that our children are going to be protected. But I think a yeah. lot of parents try to do the best that they can. And you I, know? And I right, think that, right. that that creates, first of all, that creates a, a, a onus and a sense of responsibility on the industry then. Right. Because <laughs> you have. Sure, no, the, the I mean, they won't. Right. The they're, do they're it. it's, always, it's always about the bottom line for the industry. Exactly. So let's it, argue. They, let's argue that point, Wes. Like, I agree. Right. Matthew knows his true incentive. And here we go on a tangent. But this is why I love talking. Not about. really, because it, it, it kind of goes into what Chloe said recently in an interview, too. Right, right. You make no money on music, so you have to have these alternative marking um, capabilities. But back to the point of just this in- inequity between like how you're able to market yourself and essentially Latoya Luckett's her whole gripe with the industry is like, listen, I was like fed to the wolves with virtually no support system. No guidance. Because my yeah. support system was tangentially connected to Beyonce and as we all know, Matthew Knowles didn't give a shit about nobody else in that group but Beyonce. Shit, at one point, he didn't give, a, you know give a too much shit about his own daughter. <laughs> right. So she was fucked. She was like, she was well, fucked. And she I mean, didn't, you know, she didn't have alternative resources to kind of lean on and get navigated and get kind of, um, get insight into how to like move forward with, with a lot of choices. So of course she feels alienated. Of course she was like, yeah, this well, was kind of like maybe not the greatest experience and or opportunity. I, <laughs> I honestly feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she worked it out and she's where she is now. Cause she's a phenomenal entertainer in general. Um, I would love to hear her put out another album, but you know, I'm cool with just the acting. 
But um, Wes, I know you got a couple different oh, beers. What you got? Oh, oh, I got one. I got one. Yes. Bad boy, this since we talk about music and bad boy that since we did mention Diddy, mm-hmm. bad boy come and hit you with a baseball bat. Okay, shut Wait, up what? with that intro. <laughs> you stupid. Chopper for making the band got busted for sex trafficking. Do we care about it? Okay. <laughs> Here is the question. And I'm gonna start with you, Joy. Oh god. Is this Diddy's fault for making them walk to to to, to go get a slice of cheesecake? <laughs> Junior's is, is this fault. <laughs> I'm so, stupid. I'm so confused by this right now. Okay. So first of all, this is the same Diddy that made people like hike across like hike across what well, the Brooklyn Bridge or some ice shit. Cream, Look, I was right? just in New York. That bridge is long track. as hell. This is the <laughs> same Diddy. So fucking long. He needs his yogurt again and his ice cream. Okay. So he has now essentially like asked a new group of people to recreate the nonsense that everybody thought was ridiculous 10 no, years thank ago. You. No, right. Thank you. Is, it was is this what am I understanding <laughs> no, the details you. correctly? Well, remember, this was this was supposed to revive right before COVID hit. They had already greenlit this shit. MTV said, yes, bring it back. Do you know what? And, and again, like, here I go with, like, I don't think I'm anybody who is totally up on, like, you know, tech or whatever. But I would imagine you could table a fucking pilot for a show that's obsolete. Right, like so, maybe <laughs> maybe MTV should have been like, let's put this on pause. I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they clearly did. COVID I'm, hit. <laughs> I'm not particularly <laughs> interested. And and honestly, I have another issue about anything related to Diddy, um, which is the fact that him and a and a young beautiful queen from City Girls have this entire like weird ass relationship. Which I'm not entirely on board with. So like, who JT? Uh, no, no, JT, uh, JT Carisha. Is, uh, it's young Carisha. Miami. It's young Miami. Right, young Miami and Diddy. Because well, the let me let me just the, the guy who got the diamond in his head. That was like, oh, that's JT and what uh, Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert. Okay, so JT and Uzi Vert. JT was the one that was in jail. So Uzi Vert got the diamond. So I'm talking about JT. So JT is the one who kept the band afloat. Shout out to her. Um, but now she finds herself in the bed with Diddy's old ass. No, you talking about Carisha again. You talking about young Miami, young Miami kept it afloat while JT was in jail. Correct. Um, and yeah. the fact Correct. that I can't keep up their criminal dockets is a little bit of an issue. Oh, stop. Okay, so here's the thing. The reason why <laughs> only I, one has a criminal docket. Yeah, only well, only one has one that got caught. For all we know, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Allegedly, look, Carisha Allegedly. is the one that would that be always talking to Saucy Santana. Yes, and okay. cracking me the fuck up. But go ahead, Wes. I'm sorry. So, so, uh, so he got hit up. So Chopper from making the band. He was actually on Bad Boys. South, I think, for a little bit, or one of them, one of them offshoots a bad boy. He uh, got arrested by an undercover cop for sex trafficking. And let, let me just make this very clear: this is not like some how we like try to like make prostitution and sex trafficking look very light, like hoes and pimps conventions. This is one of those situations where he specifically talks to women uh, over a phone, or you know, through a burner phone, or on a computer. And basically manipulates them and gets them to a point where he starts degrading them to a, to make them come into his 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 what he call it his stable he called it his stable gross, where he makes gross. them sell their bodies for his sex I mean for his financial benefit and the reason mm. why he ended up falling through was there was some I guess certain types of 
things being said that were enough for the, the feds to be like, okay, that's a, a confirmation of you trying to sell me. But the aggression levels that he was saying, the threats that he was giving to his undercover cop was what made his ass get locked up. And this is in the state of Maryland. So he was basically saying like, oh, we can't do it in Nevada because the police is the presence is too hard there. So when I looked online, people was like, oh, y'all probably going to blame Diddy on this. I was like, well, I'm not surprised that anybody from Diddy isn't going through this for the simple fact that, like you said, the financial wherewithal, the the the, the education of, of knowing how to handle a contract, all these type of things. Now, he's clearly making money. I can't blame him. Diddy didn't tell him to go do this, but here we are. Should he, I mean, should he be getting residual? Should, should he be in a different situation? Dante. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm like, I mean, what? hitting people, bad boy this, bad boy that. Bad boy hit no. you with a baseball bat. Was Dylon no. right, Dante? Was Dylon right? Look, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, they didn't go nowhere. There's nothing to get residuals from. Right, he cut that group. There, there's no, um, you know, royalties for the episodes because nobody's watching those episodes anymore. They're in the vault at MTV. No one gives a damn. So, like, if you weren't able to spin that into some form of career or hop on Diddy Dirty Money or whatever else, revolt kinda, television, which also, which also is doing, you know, not ever. much. But they, but, but. They got they got music that's still kind of some sometimes. I mean these me, these motherfuckers are artists. You would hope that they would hop on that. Like, why are you not on revolt? You sitting up here doing this nonsense. You should be trying to get your shit because they, they want that fast cash. They want that advance from Diddy. Yeah. And no, Listen. no, that's not what you're gonna get. If you want it, you got to go make it happen. I, I mean, he was charged. He charged her two thousand dollars just just to bring her ass over there so he could start uh, putting her to work. Um, well, that we should probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, so y'all don't up. care? Y'all don't care? I don't um, care. Mm-mm. I will say quite honestly, Mm-mm. Diddy is <laughs> no. <laughs> Diddy, no. Diddy has always been um, a like a primo uh, vulture like in the money game. Like Diddy will literally squeeze coins out of absolutely nothing. And if anything, like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that, first of all, these goofballs were able to procure an attorney to bring this suit (laughs) against Diddy, I don't lose. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no, that's not against Diddy. But I'm so like the entity in which like the whole the concept of which he's representing like should these people oh. ever get residuals? I don't thing? look. It's just a popular I conversation. I, I don't care. I, I do care you about you know the the whole a- aspect of sex trafficking. I think that that is uh, abysmal and terrible. Yeah, but the chopper what no goodbye i'm i don't care about it. he could go they could bury him 10 feet under the jail i'm fine with that he's been buried well, okay right well, well with that being said you know uh we're, we're probably gonna move into our politicking segment but you know yes. for those of y'all who are interested did he say he is dropping a new album so we'll see what people who can be see. stealing coins <laughs> off of okay so, <laughs> so we'll be back we nice. shall be back Sorry, I ain't trying to be that loud. 
Welcome back. <laughs> Hi. It's been so long. Where have you guys been? Eating. <laughs> well, y'all, I'm jealous because everybody on this call is eating. I'm done now. So. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Dante, was it good? Hella jealous. I it can't. was. I needed that. Was it good? Okay. I, was I just killed. I'm you hanging. know what? I just I don't know what you killed, Tay, over there. It was a sandwich. It looked like a sandwich. Yeah. I just smashed. Shout out to so I got this new job or whatever, and they had a employee appreciation day, and I won a, a raffle to get a gift card. And you know, living that broke life, which is basically what I'm so happy to be pulling myself up out of right now. Um, I was super pumped for this gift card. And I was hoping it was going to be like, oh, gosh, I need cash. It was for Panera Bread. Now, I can't tell you the last time that I went to Panera Bread because we've been in quarantine. But right. I went to Panera Bread. I was, like, so impressed. So I just scarfed down <laughs> some soup. Hey, what, were you, what were you eating over there? So I had an Italian sub. <laughs> and it hit the and spot. And Wes is just hungry. Wes is hungry and angry. So we just... <laughs> Oh, it's on you, actually, Joy. Yeah. It's, it's your topic today. Okay. Um. So yeah. So let's politic a little bit. I'm so hungry. Um. And it's so funny the the segue into kind of like money and finances. Um. Is something I think that we all obviously we talk about you us together independently, but um I think it's kind of a a little bit of a taboo. Um, in the kind of bigger conversation about like how, um, how people are doing, do you know what I mean? And it's not until we're in situations where money is super relevant as if that's not every single situation of our lives. Um, okay. But I mean, specifically, um, in terms of kind of changing employment, Dante right now, um, putting homes on the market for sale, like moving things like that, building new properties. Um, there's a lot of unknowns about financial stability, um, or not even stability. Uh, let's back it up a little bit. Just say like financial competence. There's not a lot of conversation around, um, where people are, um, and with COVID, right, like we have all been kind of forced into these new situations. A lot of people's jobs shifted. A lot of people moved into new job roles. I personally um, started a work from home situation, which was super dope, right? I'll always celebrate that. But um, ultimately, like, it's not necessarily suited to my personality. Uh, so I found myself on the, you know, hunt for new job opportunities and I just so happen to find that the market is great the market is like booming for people with experience um from what I can tell um there appears to be a huge decline in the number of people interested in going back to work um, and I think that companies are finding a lot of pushback because ultimately they're not really seeing a negative impact on productivity. They're not really seeing their margins hit. So there's really nothing that they can argue against for people basically being like, I just want to be at home, right? So that in itself, because of COVID, it opens up um, employment opportunities all around. Um, and so me as one of the millennial generations, I found myself kind of 
in this employment, you know, kind of hamster wheel, right? Applying, going into interviews. Um, And what I found personally that the experience was crazy. Um, And I say crazy in a good way. Um, I entered, you know, something like Indeed. I put up a resume uh, within that week, I had multiple interview opportunities within the next week. Um, I had multiple offers, um, and I was able to negotiate salaries, which puts me in a really good position. And it was definitely not a position that I was at a year ago. And more importantly, now, and more importantly, now let's list wait a minute. Though. And more importantly, it wasn't a position. Um, it wasn't a position that I would have been able to be in a year ago. And more importantly, it wasn't a position that I would have been in because after I graduated with my master's degree, I attempted, Okay, that's I was going to say, I attempted to get known. into that marketplace <laughs> with the same qualifications minus a couple years experience. And I wasn't able to land anything subsequent to what I was able to land now. Right. So on the surface, that all seems like super grand, but ultimately we still find, and I pulled this article from um, the Business Insiders website because it's one of um, my go-tos on, I don't even do Twitter, I, you know what I mean? But it's one of the things that I kind of follow. They always have interesting um, articles and they have this article uh, published by Hillary Hall-Walfer. I'm probably pronoun- pronouncing that wrong, um, but she talks specifically about millennials making more money. Um, than other generations, but why does that equate to less wealth? You know what I mean? And what does that mean in a, um, in a, in a, in an environment where affordability is a crisis, right? Housing is a crisis. Healthcare is a crisis. Um, you know, and millennials who are on paper supposedly doing so much better in actuality, when we look at the numbers and we could talk about it a little bit further when we get more into this conversation, but in actuality, they're at a deficit of almost 10%, um, of how they're able to function on an annual basis um, with their salaries as independent, you know what I mean? Not factoring in um, two parent households. So that's like a big fucking deal, right? That's a big deal. We're still at the precipice of understanding what this pandemic means, right? So a lot of stuff has been affected by the pandemic. So a lot of these numbers are still askew. So we don't know. So I mean, me personally, having just like, obviously been um, just dropped into the pool of having to consider money in this kind of big, responsible way. It just is at the forefront of my mind. And I'm just like, what are you guys thinking? Like, you tell me. So are are we discussing the fact that they're saying millennials are at a leverage to make more money, but in technicality, you know, how much things cost and how much things that we have to pay for. Mr. Uh, Jones, I want to talk about it all, boo. Like, I want to talk about it all because, like, honestly, I have emotions on both sides of it, right? Like, well, I will say this. So, yes, thanks to the pandemic and, you know, Corona and all the COVID and all that BS, um, it has changed the job market drastically. I know at my company and my job right now in the healthcare industry, it is, it's, it's, it can be great if you decide to leave where you currently are to go find somewhere else to make more money. Um, I know that when we first started working, I think we were talking about this a little before, 
Um, there were reports coming out back when the recession hit, when 2008, I believe. They were telling us then that you need to like hop around every five or so years because that's the only way you're going to get the financial right. gain that you need essential because companies right. weren't trying. And to I will to. also say, I will interject and, real quick. Um, one of the things to be known about like the, the, the disparity and the level of which millennials are hit in a disproportionate way to other generations, millennials are the only generation that has been hit with two financial crises plus student debt, right? We, two plus student debt. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, so, so think about that. So, so think about if they're telling us back in 2008, listen, the market is how it is. There's, there's no longer the idea of working for a company for 20 plus years or the rest of your life and buying a home and sending a little giant to school and having that picket fence. It's like, okay, put your, you know, get your heels in, get a job, get a little experience and find that next bump up. Well, here is that bump up. But the problem is with that bump up is like you said, the financial worth or how prepared are you? Um, I, I tend to agree with Dante when we were discussing earlier about, like, you know, we're kind of, like, born on that cusp between generations, whereas I've been working for a long time. So for me to just up and leave somewhere, I'm, I'm no longer going to be vetted when I go to a company. Seniority I, is I'm going to have that net Vacation yeah, time. Yeah, all that stuff is going to be different. First, everything is going to be ripped away from me. But at the same time, as I know that the benefits of me rolling means that my salary increase will jump they're saying about 10 percent that does not mean that where i decide to move the market hasn't already jumped up finance housing wise 10 percent. i have student loans which was way higher than what any of our parents ever had to pay when my dad was going to school because my grandfather helped um him pay for it. i remember him saying like his last tuition was like 10 or 20 or 30 dollars more than his mortgage the- which was like 250 can i just please like these so- numbers real quick are disgusting Right. So when you think about millennials in like at the age of 40, right back in the day, they were making like 49,000 versus like millennials today making significantly less as individuals. When you look at it, it like your actual income when you incorporate inflation millennials are at a decline so yeah. that would obviously have of a trickle-down effect to like every you know what i'm saying For so every, like every and these, these have to these have to be conservative numbers so, yes so these I, have I to be conservative that, like, right you, you gotta look at the even in the last decade so i seen a meme earlier and i don't know 100 percent how correct it is but just being the age i am and in the financial kind of position that i'm in i believe it so it was a meme that had a house. It was split. The same house was on top and bottom. The house was was um, one hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy, and the minimum wage at the time, this is two thousand twelve, was seven fifty nationally. And then the the house right. beneath it, the exact same house, was now in two thousand twenty two five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the minimum wage was seven twenty five. Like. It hasn't changed. That's the problem. <laughs> That's part of the problem. You know what I mean? It's it's so the 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 rate at which even for people who don't have degrees, let let's talk about those individuals. Let's go to the lowest lowest yes, denominator those are the here. People. Yeah. They 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 are dependent on minimum wages, right? So if a house cost one hundred fifty thousand dollars ten years ago and they were making seven twenty five, but now houses are costing 
550000 for the same amount of space, same square footage, exact same house, and they're still only making seven twenty five. How the fuck right. are they supposed to buy that? The, I don't believe I, that the math is mathing. The math is I not mathing. I don't believe the math it, is mathing. The math hasn't been mathing for and here's And here's why. Ever. The math, it, I was going to say, and here we go, say, look at us. We cerebrally Ever. connected okay because right. what i was about to say is and this is why i'm especially interested because that wage disparity in earning equals purchasing power which equals every Ability. single thing else Comfort. that you need yes. to so right that you need in this world take me based for around like like we were talking um during the break so how how do we how do we break that cycle? How do we get out of that? You know, and honestly, the, like the way I did it, and I'm not out of the cycle. I'm just further along, and, and closer to being noticed, right? comfortable than I am. So mm-hmm. I went to college because that's what they said you had to do. You go to college, you get a degree that we needed to make that salary that's going to make you comfortable and and Mm -hmm. it's going to give you the ability to pursue the american dream get that house with the white picket fence and have you know one wife and a a johnny and a half and a little (laughs) one right i love how they do you not think it's fucking weird that they quantify kids as like one and a half but so i i i am in college trying to pay for it can barely do it so what did i do now I'm in opportunity. Like change, and when I say change, but but I was I was receiving it. They were giving me a stipend every two weeks. You know what I mean? They were paying for my books and my room and board. So I was like, you know what? Cool. I'm gonna take what I can get because I need it. and it was the dopest at that point. It was the dopest. Any dollar I can get, I'm getting. So I graduate. I commission. Now I'm I'm actually making a little bit of money. I'm like, okay, never made this much money. What goes along with not making that much money is trying to make that much money? Irresponsibility. Because now I ain't never had this much money. Mm. <laughs> Look at this pen. Oh, wow. This pen is a thousand dollars, and I'm buying it. Why not? And it oh, don't even wow. rain because I can. Right. It, it just look good. You know. <laughs> wow. I was spending money like crazy. You know. So it took for me personally, you know, to get to my point, it took me one, three things. One was going to the military and getting the stability of pay that came from going to the military. That was, I was making more than minimum wage. Um, And the second thing took experience because I I did a lot of dumb shit in my twenties with the money that I was making because no one in my family ever had this much money. Like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just buying, I'm going to get this Mm -hmm. Cadillac. And oh, by the way, I want this Jeep and I'm about house mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? But the third thing is real estate. Absolutely. Like, I would not be as comfortable as I am right now if it wasn't for the fact that, like, I had scraped up the pennies back in, like, 2012 and bought a house. And I kept that house and I paid my mortgage on time. And there was a lot of other shit that was like, mm, that might not get paid this month. But this mortgage is getting paid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So paid. fast forward to two, yep. 2020 and I'm in a position where I'm going to sell my house now. And I did and I made a profit off of that. And now, so Dante now has money in a savings account in the bank where it's like, okay, so if an emergency happened, I'm good. I'm just, 
I can tap into that. But I also have this good job in, in law enforcement where I'm making decent money as well. And then the, the sad part of it all is like my mom passed away, but I inherited her house. And now I have mm-hmm. tenants right. in it generating income as well. So it took mm-hmm. all those things in order for me to get here. Everybody isn't as blessed as I just described. Like I, I made the right decisions because I had the right influences at the right times to to make these things move and happen because otherwise it wouldn't happen because the average person don't get those those blessings. Um, that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? It's, I, it's crazy. Can I just like, <clears throat> because I mean, if ever there's an opportunity to basically testify on some, you know what I mean? Some blessings, like this will be it. Like I love having the opportunity to have these conversations with you guys because first of all, it helps me to keep things in perspective, yeah. right? Like it's like a good sounding board, but then also like it's very, um, I'm not like, I, I don't, I, I will debate humbling isn't necessarily the, the right word to describe it, but it's very, um, it gives me an opportunity to kind of appreciate basically right. where where we are and this week you know what i mean whatever the past two weeks can be excluded but in general every time we have these type of conversations i'm just like man like moved um and one of the things dante that i think that you touched on which i need you guys's opinion on which is you said all of these things lined up that put you in a position to be able to be as comfortable as you are. Um, And, you know, even some of the unfortunate aspects of it, like your mom passing away, even kind of set you up to be in this particular situation. Um, So one of the things Lent just finished, as y'all know, everybody had a (laughs) a successful Lent, I hope. I did. Okay, so like one of the things that I really wanted to kind of focus on was like giving back an opportunity, right? And like finding ways in which like I feel like I'm kind of living up to um, the sacrifice that was kind of like made for me, right. you know what I mean, type deal. Um, and immediacy was one of the things that kind of just has been like ringing in my mind. Like I feel like at this point, I love that my like bedtime alarm is going off. Um, yeah, I have a bedtime alarm set, but immediacy basically of action has something that has always kind of like rung in my mind, especially as of late, you know what I mean? Haven't been, um, kind of like gear, like haven't been given this like most recent job opportunity. Um, but Dante, like how in, in West too, like, how do you guys feel when, you know what I mean? Like you have opportunities that present themselves, um, and what, how do you feel about going about paying it forward essentially? Like, and do you have those type of like, you know what I mean? Like pains, you know, cause for me every single time, like say, like you're saying like, Oh, these blessings are kind of like falling in on me at the same time. Yeah. And maybe this is like an anxiety thing. Like ultimately like, I'm feeling like I need to be like doing something. Right. Like, so I, I'm so not, curious not to interrupt you, but I, I, my response to you is two part. One is I know you have this desire to immediately like pay it forward, but you have to do that at your own time. Like you, 
you yeah right first of all you gotta you gotta finish that's the ultimate argument you you gotta finish solidifying your fine foundation before you start paying for it so the reason i said my that's where the reason i said mine is twofold is because that's that's the first part because i literally feel as though in the last you know four or five years kind of solidified my my own foundation so now i'm in a position where so militarily i when soldiers come, specifically black ones, specifically black officers, I'm like, come here, little boy, little girl. Mm. Let me talk to you real quick because let me yes, tell you about my experiences it. over the last 18 years. Let me tell you what direction you should go in. Let me tell you the shit you should watch for because this this career will, they will come at you and they will destroy you, will try to destroy you because we look like this. You know what I mean? There's so mm-hmm. many obstacles and hurdles that I had to leap over just to maintain staying in the military. And it's fucking voluntary. Like, I'm doing all this extra work to stay <laughs> How, in right. a voluntary army army because... Like, I could leave it Because I don't need to do I have this complexion, you know what I mean? And they don't like the fact that I have right. th- this authority, this power, this this wealth building, You know what I mean? But the other part is, like, like right now, the, here's what I... That's what I've been doing. I've been doing that for years. What I just started doing currently for, like, giving it back, like, I'm a volunteer track coach at Brashear now. So, like, every day, Monday through Thursday, after work, I leave work, I change clothes, I go to practice, and I help these kids on the track. They get on my last fucking nerves. Every last nerve that I have, they get on it. They just stomp all over that fucking nerve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. all in all, I still I love it. I enjoy it, and it's great. And then, finally... I'm looking ahead and saying, like, you know, once Aaliyah's off the school, once my house is built and I have a little bit more time, spare time, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, all y'all know that um, black fraternities and sororities are a lifelong obligation. You join this organization in college, right. but it lasts Thanks. forever. And, like, I, there's this little right. piece of me that is highly disappointed at the fact that I don't participate the way I'm supposed to in my organization. Mm, okay. So when my life calm d- calms down a little bit more in like a year, I'm going to find a grad chapter. I'm going to join the grad chapter and I'm going to start doing the work of the organization that my founders wanted us to do. So like it, all that to say, Joy, like I get your whole idea of immediacy, but all mm-hmm. in time. And, you, and the right things will pop up at the right time. There might be something that pops up tomorrow. And you're like, oh, <laughs> say less. I got this. I'm about to help whoever. But it might not happen for another two years. It's fine. The, just the desire of it being inside you. is important. Is, I love. Okay, so you first of all, everything you just said, my heart was exploding with just like, oh I'm just God. saying for real. Everything that you were saying, Dante, a thousand percent. And I'm glad that I can't see Chad's face right now because he literally said the same thing, right? Like, and it's, there's one thing, and this is, again, the thing that I appreciate about this um, collective conversation that we're able to have. Because it's one thing to hear it from somebody who you know, like, loved you. But there's another thing sometimes. I mean, whenever y'all ready, I'd like to get Okay, I'm sorry, but I just, I just really, I just immediately had to give... (laughs) I had a uh, sorry, Wes. Um, we love you too, boo. But I just had to like immediately, um, just really like I totally agree, um, a thousand percent. Like I love 
the concept of like appreciating immediacy, but then also recognizing the need for stability. So Wes, go ahead. What do you have to say? Well, I'm, I'm the person over here that's probably unlike the other two in the conversation. I'm still building. So Wait a minute, I had bro, I'm still the blessings. I'm, I'm literally no, building. But my thing is like, you literally. Feel- <laughs> okay, he is literally building. I am also right. building. All right, right. I, I, I'm window shopping. He, he's he got blueprints <laughs> like they going to be executed. You know, you could at least go and go and t- go inside and talk to the bank about what you want to do. I'm in the process of still solidifying stuff because, you know, I did come from a family that was educated, but there was still also knowledges that were not there because right. they didn't know about some of the mm-hmm. stuff. But then, you know, my situation was different, too. Whereas, you know, having a family member get sick and those that sickness filtrating into their finances and those things that could have been a blessing onto the rest of our family were dissolved because of that sickness. So therefore there was, there was no, you know, giving of for me from that parent. That does not mean that the the other living parent, you know, may not or whatever. So the blessing I'm trying to like, you know, fulfill now is like, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? Because I feel like with this house is even if I, I don't have no kids, I don't have a partner. It, it, you know, once my mama goes and then I go, I still would like for something to be able to give back to our family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to yeah. the youngest of the kids, you know, something that can offset any cost that they got, you know, but trying to explain to people that selling granny's house or, you know, selling stuff like that may not be a great option when you could just rent it out and collect that money. But then there's the upkeep. Child. So that's just one aspect. So, you know, I, you know, having to deal with that situation, but then, you know, being in a situation where I was making money that I had never made before in my life, but I didn't have nobody to like really put blinders on me and like to give direction, to, like, to tell, this, like talk about this is, what this is, investing in your SEP IRA was. Yeah. Like, like what the fuck? Like, like this is, this is. Like, this is where you need to be doing. This is how much money. you. Most of my friends weren't even putting money into their uh, retirement yep. design, but I was. You know, the first thing my mama said to me was, which was a piece of advice that, you know, I was lucky to get was, you were lucky that you found a job where they're going to mm-hmm. match. She was <clears> like, "What? where I was coming through, they was matched at 100%. They don't do that for them teachers that now. She's like, they, they, I'm in the old system. They were trying to push us out. So I had a 50% match. She said, put as much in there as you could. So that's one blessing that I do have. I do have a decent amount of money in there. But with that being said, I have to be careful about how much money I'm putting in because let's go back to the original conversation here. If we're getting anywhere between a 3 and a 5% increase per year on your salary for a job that you've been working at, when inflation and the cost of living is going up 10%, the gap, where's the give coming from? Our pockets. Mm-hmm. Everything is costing. We have utilities now. That we didn't have before. And people say, well, you don't need all that. Well, let's stop out. Let's, let's, let's back this up. There was a time when y'all didn't have no electricity. There was a time when y'all didn't have gas. You know what I'm saying? We all have moved along technologically to make things a little bit easier for self. And now in the necessity. You don't have kids in school reading books no more. Yep. They're using computers. Mm-hmm. They're using tablets. All these things are essential for you to live. So what I try to do is, is I need to work on me. I know that's and right. that's why I was getting like you're in a you're in a great position, but that is a, a, acknowledge that, but solidify yep, that absolutely. foundation because if you try to build something on top of a broken foundation, it's Correct. gonna pull you down with it. 
You know what? So, so I say I like take it. that pause. It can be something as simple like Dante does. Like when I tell these young kids to come into the office, I say to them, I say, "What is it mm-hmm. you want to do here?" There's like, "Oh, I want to do this." I say, "Okay, don't stay here for too long because there's no mobility. Uh- you're not going to be in a position that I'm in, and you just won't. You, you're going to have to leave this department." I moved through an entire situation that was very unique to the the industry that I work in, and I'm in a very unique space where looking for a job next after this is going to be up to me to negotiate that, which is something that isn't also taught to us. I was going to say negotiation. Put that on the list of so things there, that, you know, could help to uh, to decrease the income disparity. But that's another thing that people don't know to talk about. I, you know, we the, lowball ourselves all the time. We, I say minorities, I say educated people, I say uh, pick a demographic Everybody lowballs themselves. Um, But the one thing that I do do for myself was I have always had roommates and everyone thought I was crazy. mm -hmm. But you have to do what financially. (laughs) Are you raising your hand because you think he was crazy? First of all, as a former roommate, I was a dope roommate. Wait a minute. We're not we're not talking. We're not doing gossiping. We're doing (laughs) politicking. Okay, so when doing that. I'm paying my own bills. I'm not leaning off of nobody else. So you have to always, here's my one piece of advice to everybody. You need to figure out how you pay for your pockets, how you pay for your needs and wants. If you start there, you could then budget out and find pennies, quarters, dimes, and nickels to put aside in order to fulfill any type of blessing that you have coming your way. Because it has to be a blessing poured upon you, but you have to also want that blessing. You have to also work for that blessing. You just don't get one and then you just figure out what to do with it. You have to have some type of plan. Doesn't mean that plan works all the time. But if you put something out there for yourself, you can at least maneuver around with it. So while I was sitting here having roommates and everybody thought I was crazy, that's okay. I was able to put money aside. I didn't have I didn't have no cars repo because I didn't have I didn't need a car to get repoed. I didn't I didn't need to get no eviction notices on my door because I didn't ever have to get evicted. Like all these things worked out for me and now I'm in a situation where I can now, you know, start to move. And the one thing that I constantly have to remind myself is I am running my own race. Nobody else is running next to me. Because at the end of the day, you could look back at me and why are you running ahead of me and think like, oh, he's a chump. You're not paying these chumps bills. Now, if you want to start paying these bills, we can talk about that later. But that's the, you know, that's the, the, the difference. And I think that's one thing that a lot of the, the new generation or millennials or whatever you want to call us, even though I don't yeah. consider myself we should make that, a new, get caught up like, in. Qualification. It, it's everybody's online showing this is how much I can spend. This is what I got. This is all these type of things. Nobody knows how hard they work for that. Or nobody knows what they got grandfathered into. You, you don't know that. And I don't think also that people should be ashamed for their families working hard to give you that. Everybody is looking to try to offset any type of deficit that may be coming your way if they're able to give it to you. Now, how you choose to spend it, that's on you. I love. But you got to do what works for you. <laughs> Wes, I love what you said. If you want an OnlyFans account. People like to people want to clown these people on OnlyFans accounts. People are making good, good money too. off of that. Good but what you do say- with that money? But what you but what you do with that money is the difference. Do you invest that in yourself? Do you invest that into your career? Do you invest that into real estate? Do you invest that into living your life? Or do you just out here like you like Dante said, I've never made this much money before, so I'm just spending it. It's all about streams of income. 
if we just get off of trying to judge each other about it and figure out how we can make this money to make your life easier, I think we'd be in a better track. And one of them is pushing government to make sure that we're taken care of. People at the bottom, the minimum wage, like you said, it ain't $15 across the country. Some of it is 7 to $8. And they're supposed to take care of a family. Buy, get an apartment. How you afford an apartment when they're r- doubling rents right now? Like, it's, it's, it's insane. That's just my two cents. Wes, I, you said so many good things. Like, honestly, you said you had so many gems in there. Um, I, I was trying to, like, even keep track of, like, everything I wanted to touch on because... You know, you definitely present um, super, super interesting points, one of which is like, look at how as we're talking about something like um, income disparity or millennials and the wage gap and what that actually looks like on paper versus what it actually is in reality um, when you factor in inflation. And then what we don't necessarily talk about is the added stress that comes with like you talked about the keeping up with the Joneses, like you see stuff on social media, you see things that are constantly prompting you and telling you that you should be somewhere that you might not necessarily be. And as a anybody, you don't have to be a millennial, you just have to be a human being like those pressures, they weigh on you, right? And that pressure, it, it equates to all kinds yeah, of all other of things. Um, I think that that is that to me really st- stuck out of all of the things that you said, just like being comfortable with acknowledging where you are in your journey and recognizing um, the balance, right? Recognizing your growth for what it actually is. Like we shouldn't be quantifying things the way that, you know what I mean? Financial advisors are quantifying millennial income and shit like that. Cause that's all fucking skewed. Like let's actually, um, let's like weigh things out for what they actually mean. Like to be a, to be anybody existing in this particular climate is to be somebody under stress, right? Dante selling a house, got a kid going to college, doing shit with a house. Right. You're stress. in a job, right? Working two it, jobs. Okay. Right. Like it stress. literally doesn't matter. And, and we could break this down to the most minuscule, obviously, you know, Christian going to school, as adults, we would be like, oh, that's not really stressful. But quite honestly, it is, right? It is. Like, so we, oh, right? Because at 14 and 15, that shit was stressful as fuck. Like, so we all consistently are um, in embedded with these pressures all around, right? And then in, in a society that is so heavily influenced by commerce, for there to be this huge disparity, is just nonsense, right? It just when you look about it, it's because scary. the people living, the scary. people living paycheck to paycheck are the majority. And how in a democratic republic where the people's voices, the people literally vote on every single thing, the people vote on taxes, the people vote on how they're governed, the people vote on every single thing. The people are living in such, you know what I mean, in such straits that things like these disparities exist. Like, what? It's very. I mean, this is a big issue. It's a big thing. It's. I'm glad you. I'm glad we talked about because this is a time that I feel like that everyone has to be very careful about what they're doing financially. Because you could be 
you could be the one that's doing well in your family. You might have to take a family member in. Like, I don't see this getting any better anytime soon. It's not that we haven't been through this as a society before, but we always, it's, you know, it's always a little different added things into it. But, you know, like you said, but you do have to count your blessings when they come your way. You just have to be able you to know, hold on to them, you know. And let's not like jump. You know what? I'm doing what y'all said. Dante was like, you know what? I'll go and I'll do some (laughs) refereeing. Hey, or I'll do some coaching here and there. And I'm gonna just go ahead and I'm gonna. You can do the time for our Uh, our boys and girls. You can do it. You come. Listen, I will say, I was, I was diligent. Come out with some oranges in the juice box. You know what? Back in the day. You know, I, I, you know what, and, and and I love this. And again, I said this at the beginning, at the top of the episode. I said this again. I'm gonna say it over and over because I just can't even express how much is so awesome to have this like extra kind of sounding board. Because y'all right, you right. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go ahead say, and I'm gonna calmly sit sit my pastia. There's that's yeah. like we used to say. Just be out there in the stable with the hooves crossed. Listen, girl. They don't I'm gonna yeah. cross my hooves right now, and I'm gonna just go ahead and and that's appreciate right. the blessings. Yeah. Um, there you go. That that's all that you need to do, and that's it. <laughs> yep, uh, I agree. I, I think the three of us have enough advice. Right. We we got some out. shit to do. Like, and we, I all, also we think have enough things to that we should work out. Take a break. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I enjoy y'all. I love y'all. That was too um, heavy. It wasn't too heavy. It, wanna... it was good. It was a good conversation that was necessary. So um I appreciate it. Perfect. And then uh, I said we take a break and then come back and do some MVP. Celebrate some most valuable blacks. I love it. All Let's right. do it. All right. We is back. Bizzack. And it is for the and it's and it's on three. Now come on, Kelly and Michelle. <laughs> it's, it's our most valuable, valuable blacks. blacks. Okay. okay. Kind of a little bit. Oh, okay. Not really. Octaves. Okay. No, I'm just wondering. I think it was basically I fumbled beforehand. I fumbled the past beforehand. I set us up to be not so great. So my apologies. Well. Producer, we gonna go ahead and (laughs) recognize these most valuable black players. Who y'all got? I'm excited. Wes. Okay, so I'll go first. So mine is the uh, first athlete in 20 years to be drafted in the WNBA from an HBCU. She is a three-time Southwestern Atlantic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, for the season of 2021 to 22. And she says, I am very grateful for this opportunity to continue my career on the next level. And most importantly, to continue to be a great example for my son, Jace, and my younger siblings and for the kids in the community. And she continues, I want want every HBCU athlete to never lose hope and to know anything is possible. And her name and this Mm -hmm. queen is... Amisha Williams Holiday. She was a third draft pick um, in the WNBA, and I believe she will be playing. Oh Jesus! Um, for some team. Her name is Amisha. I can't see that out quite yet. Amisha. Amisha Williams Holiday. A M E S H Y A. I love it. Oh, she's gonna be playing for the Indiana Fever. Salute to you. The WNBA doesn't get enough recognition. 
or get enough That's pay. Listen, and with that being said, please keep hope and prayer out for Brittany uh, Griner because mm-hmm. you know they're starting to get some talks with releasing uh, U.S. prisoners yeah. for Russian ones. So, so hopefully she's Sheesh. the next one. Yes. Yikes. Okay. So shout out. So that is my MVB. So yeah, she's the first in 20 years to be drafted from an HBCU, and that's a great look. You know, we got to keep putting money back into our Correct. schools. You know, those that we can. You were talking about doing what we could do, and, and if you can, go to these games, see these teams. They get play. on your nerves, but we still got to support them. It's like your cousin from the aunt yes. that you don't like. I mean, the more validate, ooh, okay. geez, the, but the more validation that these schools, the more recognition that these schools get, the more exposure that these schools exactly. get is like how they build their brand, right? Like nobody gave a shit about a Penn yep. State until uh, Penn State got endorsements because Penn State had teams, like all of these things, it starts somewhere. So shout out to the HBCU, shout out to the women okay um at these hbcus um and making these strides breaking into these bigger athletic spheres even though the WNBA, as we said doesn't get the recognition that it deserves but shout out to that um i didn't even tell you we don't got time to go into that okay okay you got got my bad um But you know what? And that's so funny because uh, on the opposite side of that coin, but maybe not really, um, I wanted to celebrate an article that I came across on the New York Times this week. Um, a young a young transgender uh, ballet apprentice who is studying out of the school of the Pacific Northwest Ballet um, is basically out there stunting and showing the girls what it does um he saucy santana all across the ballet stage because he decided okay and his story is you might want to say (laughs) his story is super encouraging to read but at a young age he discovered his enjoyment and love of watching ballet um, so he did ballet, he participated, he was encouraged all throughout ballet, but at some point he wanted to participate exclusively um, in the practice of being on point, which anybody who knows the theater, knows ballet, knows that is something that it has always exclusively um, exclusively been reserved to women. Um, men were never on point, never seen on point. Uh, And so he came out at 19 and basically said, I always wanted to kind of participate in this level of ballet. It was super exciting to me. And during the pandemic, guys, during the pandemic, he, Ashton, got on uh, YouTube and started um, and started just like Googling. And he found a pair of old uh toe ballet shoes a point point shoes i can't believe it's a toe but he found an old pair of point shoes and he started with these videos during the pandemic during covid and isolation and he actually just got this apprenticeship um based on his abilities after having done all of this like independent research and being like i'm just gonna define it in my own way uh so shout out to him for mvb uh ashton edwards ashton edwards Ashton Edwards, okay, and he is again out of the Pacific Northwest Ballet um, Academy, um, just out there changing the whole narrative, and I love it. And the pictures that, um, Wes, I'll send them to you to put up, he has, you know, his entire, um, his entire costume is 
on par with all of the other girls like you not going to cast me out you're not going to make me look to be an example like I'm here um I'm changing that conversation and I love it so I wanted to celebrate him this week so shout out to him at 19 though be so bold yeah I'm looking I'm looking at pictures be so bold Ashton I'm not I'm not sure what, what pronouns they're using but um I just saw an article where they referred in the the male I mean pronoun, I'm training independently Ashton yeah I'm just calling Ashton. get the heck out of here uh, training independently on point during COVID everybody else was like yes. baking cakes and shit he was like you know what I'm gonna resurrect this childhood dream and y'all told me that I could not do this and I feel like I might go ahead okay, and uh, do slaying. this okay or, okay or they they are slaying yeah this is they lit. are slaying yeah. They're going back and forth. Extraordinarily gifted. Like, gifted beyond belief. Like, every um, video of his performance is always, like, phenomenal. So, shout out to him for changing the the narrative. That's great to see another black person really doing big things in ballet. Because, you know, the last one we had uh, made big ways. I I agree, but I I appreciate the fact that it's a a young black transgender Mm -hmm. female, I think. And I mean, he's debuting in Swan figure. Lake. Okay, that's, so that's like, let's up. just be yeah. clear. <laughs> just black. He didn't. I mean, queer. and then yep. just and can we do a black uh, a little black excellence here? Because like we're not talking about him having like done this independent study and like got a role in like company theater. Like he did this independent study. I mean, he was already classically trained, of course, but he did this independent study and then landed a role in Swan Lake. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. again, like, above and beyond, shout out to that amazing human being. Um, just, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed by it. I love seeing stuff like that. That wow. is impressive. Okay. Well. It was it was good chatting with real. you guys. Has it been real? It's been it real. got to be real. I love that. Yes. <laughs> we're all tired. We're sleepy. But, yeah, we're going to get up out of here. But we're going to be back. You know what? We will be back and we'll do yes. this again and it'll be even more ridiculous. And I can't wait to talk to y'all again this week. Yes. There, there may be visual this mm. time. Oh, so Lord. we're coming with something. Don't tempt him with a good time. No promises. Okay. Right, well, y'all. um, it was lovely speaking to y'all. Uh, please, everybody, like, subscribe, share, download, send it to your friends, tell them about it. Um, and if you yes. if you don't have uh, a reason to share it, share it based on the MVBs this week because I feel like that's, that's it. Dope. They were dope. And <laughs> yes, we're out. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye.